It's time for episode 401 of the Clockwise Podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, June 2nd, 2021. Clockwise, four people, four tech topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, the tech podcast The time never forgets. My name is Dan Morin, and across the internet for me, I'm joined by my good friend, my pal, my co-host, my dungeon buddy, Mr. Micah Sargent. How are you doing oh, today, just Micah? just exceptionally, Dan. I'm doing exceptionally oh, well today. Thank that's you. That's good. Exceptionally. Wow. All right. That's great. Well, let's keep that rolling into this show. This is, of course, the show where we invite on two fantastic guests to discuss four tech topics with us. To my left this week, it is... Our good friend, our pal, a writer and photographer, it's Jeff Carlson. Welcome back, Jeff. Thank you very much for having me. I am also feeling exceptional today. Oh, wow. Oh, this is great. This show's going to be good. I can tell already. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't before, but when Micah said he did, it's like it lifted everything. Well, to my left, I was lifted by seeing the community manager at Micro.blog, a wonderful podcaster, and an all-around great person. It's Gene McDonald. Welcome back, Gene. (laughs) Thank you, Micah. I th- I feel like I should just close the computer and and just rest on that beautiful sentiment, but I won't. <laughs> it's episode four hundred one, and I am happy to be representing. Well, I'm not representing, but somewhere in Rhode Island, somebody is enjoying <laughs> the fact that it's four hundred one like means something besides a retirement plan. I'm not retiring from Clockwise. That's all. I'm <laughs> okay, great. Woo, woo. Touch that bullet. All right. Well, this is, of course, the show where we talk about tech topics. I'm going to kick things off today with the big news, which is, of course, WWDC, Apple's developer conference, is less than a week away. Is there anything that you are really hoping for, or is there anything that you're expecting to see that maybe you're excited about? What is on your WWDC wishes and dreams list, Jeff? Uh, I think this is probably going to be fairly obvious, but I'm really hoping for something new and exciting and large to happen with iPad OS. Um, partially, I will say this out of self-interest because I ordered a new iPad Pro. It hasn't arrived yet. And everything that I've read and all the great people that I know who've used it really point to the fact that, you know, this hardware is amazing and it's still iPad OS. So th- there just seems to be so much room for it to grow that I hope the software is really going to match match that hardware. So I, uh, my, my first choice would have been iPad Pro. I've got I've got one of the new ones sitting in front of me, and it's fantastic as it is. But as Jeff pointed out, you know, a lot of people talk about um, about the you know the 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 fact that it could be improved with better software. So I'm right there with you. My other thing would be I just want to see uh, if Apple has more to say about ARKit. Um, this time around. So we've typically gotten updates to ARKit. And given that Apple continues to talk about AR being the future, I'm just curious what the, the latest version of ARKit is going to look like. So that's that's what I'm after. What about you, Gene? I would like a new MacBook Pro. That is all I'm asking Santa Claus for this year. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm four years into my current MacBook Pro, which I like very much, but it's a 13 inch and I have decided in the meantime that I'm just going to be somebody who uses laptops 
and not attach external monitors, even if I did buy one to play D&D with. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I've already sold it, (laughs) but I, I want the bigger one. So I haven't had, you know, a 15 or maybe a 16 inch and, you know, in ages, because I like the travel factor. But the fact is, now, I never take the MacBook Pro, even if I were traveling, I take the iPad Pro. And so I also second all your um, wishes for improved software, uh, you know, abilities for the iPad Pro. Because so that's my wish. Well, Gene, if you'll look under your chair, you'll find a MacBook. No, I'm sorry. I got my wires crossed. Um, the, the iPad thing is certainly at the top of the list. iPad OS seems, you know, much in need of an update, as you folks have all said. I'm going to add to that a second thing that I'm intrigued to see if we hear about, and that is Matter, formerly called uh, Project Chip, mm-hmm. was it? The, the new smart home alliance that uh. Apple and Google and Amazon have all partaken in, and it's gotten rebranded recently as Matter, and it sounds like there is, you know, there are products that support this protocol coming later this year. Apple's been building thread radios into things like the new Apple TV and the HomePod Mini. And I want to know if that's going somewhere. Uh, just this morning, there was a, uh, a post going around suggesting there was a uh, job posting on Apple's site that referenced something called Home OS, and everyone's like, "What? <laughs> what is that?" <laughs> so you know, with a few days left to go, it's tradition that something leaks from Apple <laughs> by accident. <laughs> so I'm wondering if this might signify a bigger push into the smart home department. Uh, something that will interest me, and probably not Micah. I don't think he really cares about that stuff. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for your thoughts on that. We will all cross our fingers and hope that Santa Tim brings us what we want. Santa Cook should have gone with Santa Cook. Oh, well, <laughs> next time. Let's go to our second topic, which comes from Jeff. So this is also an iPad Pro topic. Uh, so the new iPad Pro features center stage, a feature that, quote unquote, cinematically frames you in its front facing camera and, and it adjusts when other people enter the frame. Uh, it's really impressive technology. But the question is, how long before you turn it off? Uh, less cynically, how appealing is this feature? And would you want it on other Apple devices with cameras like the iPhone and the iMac? I think this is a really cool feature. So I have not um, taken advantage of it myself. I've just seen in reviews uh, it being used. And it's. I think this is a fascinating technology because I already find cameras... Um, on their own, they don't do enough following. Um, I have ADHD. And so when I am sitting, I'm typically not just sitting, I'm doing some sort of fidgeting with my body. Uh, And so during podcasts, I do a lot of video podcasts in a given week. And that's a lot of fidgeting that goes on. And so sometimes my head will be up higher as I readjust in my chair, my head will be down lower. And the, the poor technical directors at Twit have to sort of compensate for that when it comes time to pop up billboards for advertisements and things like that to make sure that I'm not cut off. And I uh, over I've, I've wanted to try to help mitigate this by getting a headset microphone as one way because I wouldn't have to kind of adjust myself to the microphone and adjust the microphone itself as I move around. Um, but also a camera that could just very subtly pan, not not you know super follow or anything like that. And that is what uh, the center stage feature does. It, it's a very subtle pan. And I've seen it in in use and it looks really cool and seems to work and so yeah i would love um 
I think that this technology is great, and I'd, I'd like to actually see it kind of proliferate across the, the whole system of devices. What about you, Jean? I, I kind of missed the memo on center stage when it was uh, announced, and I've been trying desperately to uh, read up on it a little bit. I, sh- I have not seen it in, in use, uh, but I like the idea. I would want it with my iPhone especially. I like, um, apparently, you know, Zoom can use that. And so I think it might make my family Zoom uh, meetings, weekly family Zoom meetings, which I'm pretty sure we're going to continue to do even now, you know, that we can possibly see each other in person. And I think that it could help with certain people uh, <laughs> on on the in front of the camera, <laughs> uh, myself included. Yeah, I haven't got a chance to try it out yet, but I saw like Mike all the reviews and the people making their little gifts of the, the camera, <laughs> finding them. I think it's very clever, and I think having as as we all have, we just talked about the the video chats that we've had all week or all week, all year with the pandemic. <laughs> Short pandemic lasted a week, um, long week. Yeah, tell me about it. It's only it's still March twenty twenty. Oh, uh, <laughs> but we've all experienced that problem with people who can't position the camera right. And you know, I like invariably. I've said this before. I think, but like when I chat with my parents, it's always like one of them is halfway off the screen yes. because of where the camera on the iPad is. Yeah. Because um, you tilt it, and you're like, oh, that's the weird angle. And we're also looking up at you and all that. So first of all, I think they should have put the camera on the long edge instead of the short Agreed. edge. That's just me. Um, but I think center stage is a clever way of getting around some of that problem by having the wider angle lens and by being able to sort of frame and crop at will i think it's very clever i'm curious to see if people do turn it off as jeff is suggesting i i think of like the um utterly nausea inducing facetime um multi-person facetime things where the squares get bigger and larger as people talk and just being like oh god this is terrible I don't. I just want a grid of people. <laughs> you got you. You over clevered it. Yeah. Um, and oh gosh, yes. and uh, you know, I know people. They've talked about the thing where it's like uh, does the um, uses AR or not AR uh, ML to like refocus where your eyes are looking, so it looks like you're looking at the person, mm-hmm. which is clever again, but it can sometimes be a little creepy and off putting. Um, <laughs> so I think it's it, all of these are clever solutions, and I think they'll hit upon something that works. And maybe center stage is the thing that sort of balances the best level of like, this is actually a beneficial thing without feeling like it's just too overpowering, like a lot of these other features. And I would like to see it on other, you know, products so that I get a chance to actually try it. Uh, Jeff, why don't you wrap us up here? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I love the idea behind it. And actually I really respect the fact that Apple made it subtle. Uh, There's a Logitech stream cam camera that has this feature and it really kind of gives you that that I'm in a boat, uh, everything's kind of moving effect as it's trying to refocus on you, and that's it, it, it's just really off-putting. And so this seems to be a much better implementation. I'm really mystified that it didn't make it to the iMac in particular, the new iMac. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe that's just part of the different silos at Apple. But if this works... And it doesn't become really annoying, then uh, I'll keep it on. I'm a little hesitant, but, uh, you know, give it a chance. It's good. Yeah. Give it a chance. Give center stage a chance. <laughs> All right. That's two topics down, two topics left to go, which, of course, means it is halftime here at Clockwise. And as the marching band takes the feel, we're going to tell you about our sponsor this week, 
Uh, text expander from our friends at Smile. And Mike is going to tell you a little bit more about that because I know how much he loves it. I do. I do love text expander. Uh, well, I'll tell you a little bit about what they have to say, and then I'll tell you why I think it's great. Text expander removes the repetition out of work so you can focus on what matters most. And say goodbye to that repetitive text entry, all those spelling errors, and trying to remember the right thing to say. When you use Text Expander, you can say the right thing in just a few keystrokes. It's better than copy and paste, and it's better than scripts and templates. Text Expander snippets allow you to maximize your time by getting rid of the repetitive things you type while still customizing and personalizing your messages. Text Expander can be used in any platform, any app, anywhere you type, so you can take back your time and increase productivity. Folks, Text Expander, it's it's so fun to create little snippets that you use. I, I use Text Expander quite literally every day. When I'm naming files for, for Clockwise later today, I will type uh, semicolon S-L-U-G, and that will add today's date um, in a specific format that I've laid out. And then I'll type in my name, and then I'll type in Clockwise or whatever the file you know name might be. And that is one just one small example of it. It's just a quick snippet to create lots of text. It expands that text. Um, I One of the things I love is that they've got this online library of snippets that you can get. And a certain person here on this podcast, aka Gene McDonald, uh, <laughs> has published a, a snippet library that's available. Uh, maybe more than one. I can't remember, Gene. But um, no. <laughs> the one, my favorite, the accented words group. Yes. So all your accents in things like smorgasbord and... Uh, I uh, can't think of another creme brulee. You get all the correct uh, mm. diacritic marks. Yes, it's fantastic. So you look you look extra fancy and extra correct whenever you're typing in those uh, those words with accents. I just text expander is fantastic. It's one of those things you just have to try. So give it a try. As a listener of Clockwise, you can get twenty percent off your first year. Visit textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more about Text Expander. That's textexpander.com slash podcast. Our thanks to Text Expander from Smile for their support of this show and Relay FM. And honestly, you couldn't be supporting a better company. You should definitely go check out mm-hmm. Text Expander. Saves me time all the time. All righty. We're back from halftime. And that means it's time for my topic. And here it is. Um, I've noticed that, of course, over time, many a social media site has added some form of ephemeral stories feature. You go in, you see a story, you tap next, you might see more pieces of that, and then after 24 hours, it disappears. My question is, as of today, June 2nd, 2021, do you find yourself using these? And I'm curious if your use or disuse has changed over time. Gene, we'll start with you. Well, strictly speaking, the answers are one, no, and two, no, because I just <laughs> can never bring myself to get more bogged down in social media than uh, I already feel, you know, like it traps me. And, uh, you know, micro.blog is kind of the opposite of that. So everything is supposed to be your own uh, content, you know, that it's a home for your content that you can control and have, even if the silos go away. So the idea of ephemeral is very hard for me to grok. Yeah, I'm with Gene on this one. I've never really got into, like, I still can't really figure out Instagram stories, and it's been years. Uh, I feel very inept when it comes to using them. And part of it is, like, I like that, and I enjoy seeing people's, like, stories and posts like that. But I also get bummed because I want to, like, 
post on them publicly and comment on them and like usually you can't and it's it, everything disappears and it, it frustrates me and i i get the appeal of it but as someone who likes the idea of sort of the permanence of being able to have these conversations i i kind of don't like that aspect of the ephemeral posting so kind of a no for me what about you jeff yeah well so as the person who's the you know quote-unquote photographer here um you would think that i would be using them more than i do um but i find that it's a completely different mindset. It's not like taking a picture and posting something to Instagram where you're like, here, here's this picture and maybe a little story about why I took it. This is the, okay, maybe I need to shoot some video or I need to uh, come up with a, you know, a, a clever hook that will put that in and then maybe have a couple of things that work together. And, um, you know, that sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> and so there's not really a whole lot of time to do all that. I, I definitely do post some Instagram stories, but um, not nearly the way that some people just do it, you know, naturally reflexively. And I like viewing some of those. Uh, it's just, it, it's not something that, that comes to mind first. And also I kind of don't like that if you ever do a search, like everything is just, uh, you know, scantily clad people dancing poorly. And <laughs> I, I, I I know that just makes me sound like this old guy, but, you know, come on, can we do something better, something more interesting? Maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> um, okay. Well, yeah, I, I, uh, I don't think that my use has changed. I occasionally, uh, well, actually, I will say my use has changed. I, when they first came out, I definitely paid a lot of attention to other people's stories. And anytime I saw one on Instagram or elsewhere, I would kind of tap into it and see what was what they were up to. But these days, I just scroll right past that. I almost never tap on that section of whatever app I'm in. Um, I it was it was Twitter's fleets that brought it to attention because Twitter had just announced that they were going to start doing ads on their fleets. And that's what made me go, huh, I wonder how many people are actually using those. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know that it's it's not the ephemerality that bothers me as uh, as a content creator. Instead, <laughs> it's that nobody would be interested in any of the things that I'm doing in a given day because they'd all look exactly the same. And so I see people, you know, posting new things happening on their story. And I'm like, I wonder how you have new things happen in your day. Um, and apparently you have to like work retail or, or, or go out into the world very regularly uh, in order for that to happen. But for me, it's just um, everything's pretty consistent. And so there's not really anything worth sharing because it'd just be the same thing over and over again. Uh, so yeah, that's that's my my feel about ephemer ephemerality. Um, let us move on to our final topic, which comes from Jean. Well, Apple just announced finalists for their design award, their coveted design award. We all would love to have one if we could make such awesome apps as the winners. Uh, and it's, it's a WWDC uh, event, even if it is um, remote. Anyway, is there a finalist that you hope to see win? Or is there an app you love that you feel is missing from the list? I was really surprised because there were very few apps on here I'd actually ever used. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm going to jump on the one that I do use, which is Carrot Weather, which I was delighted to see on the list, which is one of my favorite weather apps, uh, mainly because I really enjoy the, the snarkiness of the, the weather robot that gives your, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> your forecast. But also because I think they, the new version that came out recently is really clever. It has like this really great design where you can do very modular things with it. And I love that they've 
worked in like other little Easter eggs and stuff in there. My personal favorite, I don't know why I enjoy this so much, but they have like a mission section where you have to find locations on a map based on cryptic clues. It has nothing to do with the weather, but I love it. I don't know. I'm kind of weirdly hooked on it. So um, I, I think they've done a lot of great things with that app and I'm glad to see them there. So I'm really rooting for them for a, uh, for a win. What about you, Jeff? Um, I also do not know many of these apps, um, but you know, I actually like that Apple uh, listed this out before it named the the winners this time. Uh, I, I think that's a first, uh, yeah. and so it, mm-hmm. it was really nice to kind of like tap through and and see what some of these are. And the one that really caught my eye was one called Blind Drive, and it's a it's a racing game, but it doesn't have any uh, graphics per se. It's all audio. And so you put on headphones, and based on the sounds and the dialogue, and there's a bit of a story to it, that's how you drive, as if you have been blindfolded. It just sounds really interesting and innovative, so I think that's the one I'm going to root for. Nice. Um, for me, it's it's got to be... So that I just tried out this uh, for the first time the other day. It's called Wonderbox. And um, I, I think I came across it because it was one of the new Apple Arcade games that was announced. And what's really cool about Wonderbox is that you are able to create your own little um, sort of like built in it's a, they call it wonderbox because you kind of create a box that's got gaming built into it so you can craft your own little uh adventure that uh then you can have other people try out you can try out um it's got you know like music boxes so you can set it up to uh, where, where musical tones will will play it's got um spawners to create enemies it's so basically you build out these little stages and then you or others can play those stages and try to get to the end so you get to craft your own little puzzles there which makes it a lot of fun uh to do and uh, i know you said one but i'm gonna also give a shout out to uh craft docs because i think anytime a document editor makes it on the list of um of apple design awards they're really doing something because you can get really boring with um with document editors <laughs> really easily and uh craft docs it's different and it's it's uh interesting and uh it's useful so yeah uh gene why don't you round us out yeah i also had not heard of many of these apps and I will give them uh, a look as I have time to try out (laughs) new apps, which is sometimes never. I instead wanted to give a shout out to the app I've probably used the most, came out during the pandemic uh, last, I think, August, and that is the game Good Sudoku. I think it's super well designed. It has rewired my neural pathways in ways that I didn't think was... I mean, to go from like not knowing how to figure out really tricky Sudoku puzzles to now instantly looking and saying, "Uh uh-huh, I see what's going on here. My brain learned it all um, with their prompts. And I like how they do that for a game. It's It's not a nudge and annoyance or anything like that. They just, when you have solved something, maybe without even realizing you were using a strategy, they say, congratulations, you've used that strategy three times in a row or whatever. I'm like, thank you, good Sudoku. So (laughs) fun, Uh, a little bit addictive for me, and also um, polite and uh, supportive. That's my idea of a perfect app. That's a great app. I do like positive reinforcement. 
Well, that is four topics down. We have just enough time for a bonus topic. But before we get there, I want to tell you about another sponsor today. This episode of Clockwise is brought to you by Public Sector Sector Future from Microsoft. Look, you guys like podcasts. You're listening to a podcast right now. You probably want to find other podcasts that you could listen to while you're doing all the other stuff you have to do in your life, whether it's the laundry or the dishes, going for a walk, taking a long car drive. There's always room for more podcasts. If you're looking for a new show to listen to, check out Public Sector Future. It discusses real stories from public sector leaders who have been successful at driving change. Here are their firsthand experiences, challenges their users face, and lessons learned. Throughout the series, they discuss technology and trends as well as cultural aspects of change. Host Olivia Neal digs deep into the use of digital approaches to help the public sector work better for those it serves. She's actually the Director of Digital Transformation in Microsoft's worldwide public sector team. And before Microsoft, Olivia spent her career in the government of Canada and the UK government, so she knows her stuff. There's a ton of interesting show topics included mixed reality, rules as code, digital policing, digital strategy, digital access, plus some great guests too, like Yolanda Martinez, a digital government leader and expert, and in the top 20 of the world's 100 most influential people in digital government by Apolitical in 2018. I checked out an episode with Yasmin LaRoche, who is Canada's first deputy minister of public service accessibility. And it really focused on the basically Canada is transforming all of its technological infrastructure to become more accessible um, because there's a new law basically that went into uh, place that essentially required all the sectors regulated by the federal government to be accessible. And so it discusses the challenges for that and all the upsides they've seen about like how what happens when you make things more accessible. How does that impact both our infrastructure and government as well as people's participation in the process? Really interesting topic, and I think one that a lot of folks who listen to the show would uh, be intrigued in. So go listen to it now. Just search for Public Sector Future wherever you get your podcasts. That's Public Sector Future, or click the link in the show notes. Go check it out. Our thanks to Public Sector Future for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. All right, bonus topic time. Where will you travel the first opportunity you get, Jeff? Well, uh, I have one thing planned. I'm going to be on a photo workshop in Northern California, but that's not really super fall. Sorry, that's not really super far, but it is in the fall. Uh, So I've got to say Italy because I was going to go to Italy in May last year Mm -hmm. and that all shut down. So I I still pine for it. Uh, It's going to be my home back to my hometown, uh, St. Joseph, Missouri, because um, my sister gave birth to my niece earlier this year. Or was it late last year now? See, it's been a while. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I guess it would have been late last year. And I have yet to meet her in person. And uh, I'm all vaxxed now. So that's on on the schedule. And I can't wait. Uh, What about you, Jean? I am going to go back to Slovenia. I had I was there two summers ago, but my trip was cut short by uh, an accident, and uh, I had to come home early. I booked it out like to the nines for 2020, everything down to the last detail for a month to get back on the horse, as it were, and that got all canceled, obviously. And I feel that I'm either giving up on Slovenia or the world is telling me to do that, or the world is saying, no, we just want you to prove your dedication to, <laughs> to the wonderful country of Slovenia and the city of Ljubljana. I, I'm i going to be back. I That's my plan for my next week trip, but not planning it any time soon. I would like to, like the 
beta testers of travel to shake out all the bugs before I go anywhere. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Uh, I think the first place on our list is we're driving down in early July to spend some time with some of my wife's friends who uh, have a house in uh, the Delaware Shore. And oftentimes a bunch of her friends from college get together and we spend a week hanging out and playing board games and just relaxing. And that sounds lovely. <laughs> a nice, relaxing trip. All right. Lots of places to go. Um, and most of all, we have to go because it's the end of the show. And all we have to do is thank our fantastic guests for being here. Jeff Carlson, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me on. And Gene McDonald, thank you so much for being here. It was a pleasure as always. And nice to see you, Jeff, too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Micah will be back next week. But until then, we remind everybody listening out there, watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Bye, everybody. Bye.